Welcome in on a Tuesday morning to episode three of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show is Trey Young, first team All NBA. Should he be first team All NBA? I'll try to help you and make the case for all of it. And Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's out of his mind. It's all on this edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Guys, welcome in, and uh, we appreciate you being a part of the show. We thank you so much uh, here as we just get started with this podcast. We want you to subscribe to Locked On Atlanta. Uh, it's growing by the day. I mean, we are very, very thankful for everybody who's listening, everybody who's subscribing. So go to Locked On Sports Atlanta. You can find us on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Download us. Get it on all of your audio links, Odyssey, Spotify, everywhere you find your podcast links. Download it. Listen to it. We really appreciate it. Give us some reviews as well. Tell us what you think about uh, the show. So we want to thank you so much for being part of this network. We also want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Last night was the national title game. Congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks. You probably looked and said, man, I, I had that line right. I had that right. I would have won if I'd have put money on Team X, Team Y, what have you out there. Well, that's what Bet Online is for. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs. It's got all of your latest odds, content, player props, everything that you want out there. Now, we've been talking Thursday is opening day for the Braves in Major League Baseball. Hmm, looking at some odds. Think about, will they win the World Series? What's the what's the line on the game uh, against uh, the, the, the Reds? I mean, just looking at everything, where are the Braves? Well, you can put some money down on it uh, at Bet Online. It remains your best spot for all of your latest sports developments. It's got podcasts and reviews for all the leagues around uh, all of your favorite sports. And it's not just for basketball. Don't forget, they've got all of your sporting wagering information needs Live betting, Vegas casino games, everything is found right there at betonline.net. So head over there today. You can use your mobile device too, by the way. So if you're on the go and you want to bet, you can get over to betonline.net and get all the latest odds and find whatever you're looking for. Masters coming up this week as well. So you got lots of different choices coming up around Atlanta to put your money down at betonline.net. All right. Uh, today on with John so we talked about yesterday that the Hawks look like that they are contenders in the East, if they can get themselves into a seven-game matchup. You saw, though, on Saturday the effect and the importance that Trey Young has. For all the talk in ESPN SportsCenter, uh, well, Durant went for 55 and Kyrie had 30-whatever. Okay, well, he didn't shoot well and he wasn't that effective. What was effective was... Trey Young going for 36 with 10 assists, hit a couple of big threes at the end, gave him the shimmy and did his thing. And the Hawks actually walked away with the face. You never know that watching ESPN, right? That you never know that the Hawks actually won. That was kind of like the, it was kind of like this. Hey, Durant goes for 55. Yeah, the Hawks won. They just, they won. Anyway, Trey Young has been outstanding this season. And there's been a lot of talk about should he be in the MVP race or this, that, and the other. I don't know. I mean, there's there's there are a handful of quality worthy candidates but i will say this one thing trey young should get this year is first team all nba he should be the starting point guard on the first team all nba team now before i get into some numbers that i have here first off this is important to trey young because first team all nba kicks in that supermax and whoop there goes his money way up through the roof 
You get first team all NBA on a Supermax deal and your money just skyrockets. So it is important to him to, I don't know, put out a performance that is worthy of first team all NBA. Here's a quick glimpse, glimpse, excuse me, of where Trey Young stands in the world of the NBA. He's second in points overall, second most points scored, fifth most points per game, first overall in most assists, third most assists per game. He's fourth in free throw percentage. He's fourth in made field goals. He's fourth in free throw attempts. He's fourth in free throw attempts per game. He has the 12th most minutes played in the NBA, which is big for a guy that was, well, he's he's not big enough and physical enough to play in the NBA, but he's got the 12th most minutes played this year in the NBA. For a guy that of his physique and stature and all the things that everybody said he won't be able to hold up in the league, he's 12th in the NBA in minutes played. He's also sixth in player efficiency and is war, his wins above replacement, is seventh in the NBA. Now, among all point guards in the NBA, he is number one in player efficiency. So for a guy whose narrative was, can he hold up in the NBA? Can he physically make it? Can he score at the rate that he does? Can he get other guys involved and things like that? He's second in most points, only nine, I think it is nine or 10 behind DeMar DeRozan. And he's first in overall assists. Now think about that. Very few guys in the history of the NBA have finished a season with the most points and most assists in the league. Now, I know everybody is excited about Steph Curry. He's the best shooter in the game. I think he leads the NBA still. He's only played 64 games. We'll talk about that in a second. He still leads the NBA in three-point shots made, um, three-point percentage. I mean, he's still up there in a lot of these categories out there. But he's played 64 games. And it looks like, by and large, he won't play any more games, at least during the regular season. I'll be honest with you, I don't keep up with Steph Curry and where he's at health-wise, but for sure he's probably going to be out the rest of the regular season, if not longer. So he's got 64 games played, which is a good sample size. But if we're talking about first-team guys and all this, that, and the other, I do think that durability, longevity, games played, whatever, does play some factor in it. And when you factor in that Trey Young is on pace to literally score the most points, uh, give out the most assists, and remember the narrative about, well, Trey's not going to be able to get to the free throw line with this new rule change and all the pump faking and and the jumping into guys and all this, that, and the other. He's fourth in the most free throw attempts in the NBA this year. Fourth. Fourth. For a guy that most people would not think is hard to guard from the standpoint of Giannis is hard to guard because if he stands out by the free throw line, he takes one dribble and he gets to the lane and you can't stop him at that point. He's going to get a lot of foul calls. And so does Embiid. Embiid's another guy who's a master at drawing at drawing foul calls. But if you look at Trey Young being fourth in the league in free throw attempts, and we know he's one of the top guys, he's, he's fourth in the league in free throw percentage too. So we know when he gets the line, he's going to make a whole crap ton of them. But the fact that he's getting to the line, so the fact that he's been durable, the fact that he's playing lots of minutes, the fact that he's doing everything on the court. Now, what hurts Trey Young, what hurts him is the performance of the team overall. That's why I don't think he's in the MVP discussion. When when we start talking about who's the MVP of the league, I don't think Trey Young's in that discussion. I think he's... 
you know, maybe in that five to seven or eight range or something like that. But because their team has not had success this year, I don't think you can get him in the MVP discussion. But when you talk about individually, first team all NBA, yeah, Trey belongs right there with everybody. Who has Trey not played better than? He's been every bit as good as Steph Curry. He's been every good as better than Luka Doncic. I mean, how many guys really right now in the league create that kind of buzz? And, you know, for all the things that have happened with the Hawks, as we said yesterday, they might be the most dangerous team coming into the NBA playoffs. Winners of five in a row. They're back in action here tonight as they as they get back at it. Have a couple of days off. They're going to be up in Toronto. Uh, that's a playoff type of game because, again, all those teams, both those teams are really trying to fight, scratch, claw for their position. And as Trey Young goes, that's how the Hawks have gone. Now, that may be fair or unfair and maybe not exactly the plan that they had going into all of this, but it does speak to his greatness that if he's off and he doesn't shoot well, then the Hawks are probably not going to win that game. Hawks probably won't win. Hawks probably won't play as well. So when I look at a guy like Trey Young and I look at the numbers that he's put up there, I don't know how you keep him out of the first team All-NBA, especially when you look at him being one of the most efficient players in the NBA. Sixth overall, but he's number one amongst all point guards. And it will be amazing because I will tell you that if, if he doesn't, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the national media starts to treat Trey Young. All right, when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about this and sort of the media perception of Trey Young. It is hitting hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery as we continue to talk about Trey Young, and we'll talk about the media's perception of Trey Young here in just a minute. But I want to tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. We've been talking about these fine folks, and uh, they got a lot of cool things going on. If you go over to Built.com and check out their lines of products, all of their protein bars, I want to tell you about their puffs, their world-famous puffs. Now, for a lot of us, we had our New Year's resolutions, and you know we want to get healthier, and we want to eat better, and blah, 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 blah. Then about a week and a half later, it's blah, 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 right? We just start scarfing everything that's uh, in front of us, right? Everybody's got that sweet tooth. Everybody likes to have their little snack. I want to tell you about their puffs. What are they? They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow, okay? So you've got 100% real chocolate covering around these marshmallows, and they've got all kinds of great flavors. They've got cinnamon churro. They've got coconut marshmallow. They've got banana cream pie. Go to Built.com and check out the line of marshmallow puffs that they've got. But they're covered in 100% real chocolate. But even better is that they are a much healthier alternative for you than, say, eating, you know, a Whopper, you know, Whopper candy or some kind of candy bar out of all of it, right? Those things are going to be 240 calories, 30-some grams of sugar. You're going to have all kinds of net carbs, blah, 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 all the bad buzzword terms and things like that, right, that we got out there. These puffs, for instance, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein that are in these things. So if you're looking for a healthier alternative as a snack, as a sweet tooth or something like that, I want you to try the marshmallow puffs over at Built.com. Built Bar in their line of uh, you know nutrition and protein bars, mint brownie, coconut, chocolate, uh, sorry, coconut almond. This month, they've got the white cookies and cream. So you can go to built.com, check out all the different types of protein bars, the marshmallow puffs, everything like that. Find healthier alternatives to 
getting back on your New Year's resolution of trying to eat better and trying to do better for yourself out there. And again, all of them, you know, low net carbs, high protein, all kinds of alternatives for you. And if you go to built.com and you use the promo code LOCKED15, okay, listen up, okay, LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. Just by typing in the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% of your order discounted over at built.com. Check it out today, my friends, over at built.com. You know, besides the fact that the Hawks have not had the type of season that I think a lot of pundits thought that they would have in the NBA, you know, it's still one of those fights and arguments and scratching and clawing and all that kind of stuff that comes along for guys like Trey Young because of the reputation of the Atlanta Hawks. And I think that's one of the things that when you watch national NBA coverage, right? You watch ESPN, you even watch, you know, Kenny and those guys on there. And I think, I think Kenny and Shaq and Charles know how good Trey Young is because they're in Atlanta. You know, they're, they're here in town in Atlanta. They see it. They understand it. They know the buzz and things like that. I think they understand. But when you watch ESPN and some of these shows, just, you know, they, they laud over Luka Doncic or they laud over, you know, Steph Curry which is understandable. I mean, those guys are great players out there. But Trey Young's name just doesn't roll off the tip of their tongue when you talk about the great players in the NBA. But you talk about guys that are important to their franchise. You know, there are a few players in the NBA that are as important to the franchise as what Trey Young is. You think about what the Hawks did last year and their run. You know, once they made the coaching change from Lloyd Pierce over to Nate McMillan, how hot they got, the run that they made in the Eastern Conference Finals, all of that stacked up. You know, last year was Trey Young's coming out party in the NBA playoffs, and he got a lot of buzz, and there was a lot of hype that went around the Hawks. A lot of people thought the Hawks would be, you know, maybe a top three in the East or whatever. People thought, okay, they figured some things out. They've got their young core. They've got a whole bunch of guys that they brought back, and that was even Travis Schlenk, the general manager's point was, we're not going to change anything. We're going to roll with these guys back because we're under contract. We don't necessarily need to add. And we were two games away from playing for an NBA championship. So let's roll with the same guys that we got. And so there was a lot of expectation to it. Then the Hawks got off to a slow start. Then the Hawks got into COVID and injuries and all this kind of stuff. And then one of the guys that some people thought that they would build their roster around some, you know, one of the guys who some people thought would be one of the better young core players that they have. Cam Reddish and he gets traded and he gets moved on to the New York Knicks and you know he's done nothing there as well but the Hawks because of a team that have not performed at the level I wonder if that's going to hurt Trey Young individually because everything Trey Young has done individually has been outstanding and I think that's one of the things about when we start to get into discussions about MVP and stuff like that I'm with you on the idea of that there does have to be team success. It's hard for me to, I'll use a baseball analogy. In 1987, Andre Dawson was the MVP of the National League, and he had like 49 homers and 137 RBIs. It was the first year he came over to the Chicago Cubs, and he had this monster year, and he got to play on grass and this, that, and the other. But how good were the Cubs? They were the last-place team. They were a last-place team in their division in baseball. So how much, how much can an MVP, most valuable player, 
be to a team that finished last. And that's why a lot of people discuss the idea of Ozzie Smith should have been the MVP this, that year. He had a good batting average, obviously the best defensive player in Major League Baseball at the time, drove in runs, scored runs, stole bases, did everything for a team that won its division, for a team that was arguably the best in the National League, and they would go on to be in the World Series that year. So I do think that there is something about team performance and expectation when you talk about the MVP. But for first team, all league or whatever like that, you know, guys can have outstanding seasons without having some of that team success. And, and Trey Young is a case in point for all of that. And think about how much Trey Young we talked about. Trey, I think, was, uh, what I say, 12th in most minutes played. Think about how much time has been missed by other guys when you talk about John Collins, who is supposed to be their second best player. Well, look how much time he's missed. Gallinari missed time at the beginning of the year. Uh, Okongwu was out for a good bit starting the year. Capella was has missed time. Bogdanovich has missed time. DeAndre Hunter's been in and out. He's missed a whole bunch of time. So, you know, Trey has had to be that one consistent glue piece that, and he's missed a little bit here and there. Remember, he had the COVID and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, he was kind of frustrated about all of that. But, you know, by and large, he's made the most of this season, and his numbers are outstand, out, outstanding. He could very well lead the NBA in points and assists, which is one of those rare combinations. But this will be a fascinating case study to see that, if a guy from the Atlanta Hawks gets the kind of respect that he probably deserves. And a lot of people point to Dominique Wilkins and has he been sort of disrespected throughout his career? You know, maybe, I mean, remember he played in an era where it was Julia serving and it was Larry bird and some of those guys. And part of that was, it wasn't that Dominique wasn't a great player, but he played for an organization that was sort of middle of the road. You know, they were pretty good, but not great. You know, they had some good seasons, but they were never a real contender in the East. It was the Sixers and Boston and Detroit and then the Bulls, right? I mean, so they were never really thought of as a contender, but Dominique was a great player. And he's in the Hall of Fame and all that. You know, people understand the greatness of his career, but I'm not sure that he ever got at times um, the recognition that he deserved. I think Dominique might have only been NBA first team like one time in his career and that's the year he finished second in the MVP and led the league in scoring and this that and the other so he didn't get a lot of those opportunities let's see if Trey Young ends up down the same path can Trey Young overcome sort of the Atlanta stigma if you will and, and I don't mean that because we're cursed or anything like that it's just the nature of the franchise you know the Hawks have never been a franchise that has been a consistent enough winner or player in the Eastern Conference to warrant that. You know, they've had blips on the radar. Eastern Conference Finals with that group with Millsap and Horford and all those guys. You know, they obviously went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. You know, Dominique had that great one-on-one, -on -one, if you will, you know, that, that series against Boston and whatever that was, 87, 88, whatever. I mean, you, you've, you've had those little blips on the radar, but you haven't had enough consistent, sustained success or ever been a true title contender over all of this. So I think he deserves to be first team all NBA. I'm going to be fascinated to see if the media buys into it. I'm going to be curious to see if he can overcome sort of the stigma that is with an Atlanta Hawks type of franchise. And we'll see, but man, Trey Young has been everything to this team and let's hope they make a deep playoff run for all of it.
All right, when we get back on Hitting Hard, uh, Pete Carroll, in a couple of words, has lost his ever-loving mind. We'll talk about that next on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard. I am John Chuckery, and we are part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. We want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a like. Listen to us on all the podcast platforms. Comment on it and be a part of our growing network of podcast family folks. And uh, really appreciate everybody that's being a part of the community and getting involved in all that. So if you've listened to me on radio, you know that my signature segment has been called What's Bugging Chuckery, right? Where... I, there's a story that's out there that frustrates the living crap out of me, and I feel like I have to comment on it, okay? Well, today, that story happens to be Pete Carroll. So Pete Carroll, supposedly, this this is according to Adam Schefter and some folks, at the NFL meetings, at the NFL owners meetings last week, where they had coaches and general managers and owners and everybody doing all that. Remember, one of the byproducts of all of this was that all 32 teams are required to hire a minority offensive assistant coach for the 2022 season. Let me repeat that. All 32 NFL teams are required to hire a minority offensive assistant coach for this upcoming season, okay? So Pete Carroll, according to reports, uh, got in front of a bunch of coaches and GMs and had a rant for at least about 10 minutes about changing up the environment of the NFL, saying uh, a, a source that told uh, Schefter, quote, he just went off. He was saying you can do anything but until owners get to know these candidates before the actual interviews and understand that they have to hire people who are different than them, it's really not going to change. Huh. Now, let me see if I have this right, okay? So Pete Carroll, who's one of the most respected coaches in the entire of the NFL, who's in his 13th season in the NFL, has won a Super Bowl, been to another Super Bowl, I would argue is the second best coach in the NFL and wields as much power and has as much control over his team as anybody in the league. I think it'd be hard to dispute all of that. And he's got a very friendly owner. He's at Paul Allen that was the owner of the team, and he's got a GM that works hand-in-hand with him. How many offensive assistant coaches do you think Pete Carroll has hired since he's been there? I'll give you a second. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Zero. Zero. So this guy who's going in front of all these coaches and GM, oh, we got to change, and you got to get the owners on board. You saw Bruce Arians go right into it and say, okay, I'm setting up and Todd Bowles is my guy and I'm setting this thing up and this is how we're doing it and this is how we're going. Meanwhile, Pete Carroll's, oh, we got to get the owners and all that. You're one of the most important and influential coaches in the NFL and you've hired zero assistant offensive coaches in your 13th year at the helm there. And you've had, what, three minority assistant defensive coaches? And by the way, how many times have you worked out Colin Kaepernick? 50? I mean, honestly, he's had more workouts for the Seattle Seahawks 
than he has for the USFL, AAF, and the entirety of the NFL combined. He didn't play that much in college compared to the number of workouts that he's had with the Seattle Seahawks. Has he brought him in? No. You think that the owner is holding back Pete friggin' Carroll from hiring minority coaches. You think that there's some directive in the Seahawks organization. But no, no, no. I want to get up in front of the coaches and the gentlemen. Why don't you just stop ranting and go do it? Be like Bruce Arians and just go do it. As if he doesn't have the power and the authority and the autonomy and the goodwill and the cachet and every buzzword term you could throw out there. The gravitas. And here's Pete. We gotta gotta change. We get the owners. Are you kidding me? You have as much authority as anybody and you've done nothing. And now when it's mandated, we gotta change all this. Give me a break. This is absurd. That's not leadership. That's not leadership when you go ranting about something that you have control of and you can change and you can make better. Now, look, is it ridiculous that the NFL has to mandate that there's an offensive assistant hired at all these teams? Yeah, of course it is. It, It shouldn't be that hard. Whatever the reasons are, the reasons are. But the last guy on this earth that I want to hear pissing and moaning at some inner, inner uh, owners meeting is Pete Carroll. You know, it'd be one thing if pick a pick a low end NFL coach, Adam Gase. Okay, be one thing if a guy like that. Be one thing even if like I, I don't know, just take take some struts that coaches in the NFL at one of the haphazard organizations or whatever and doesn't wield a lot of power and doesn't have a lot of of doesn't have a big track record of everything. Let him go off and say something like that. Okay, maybe there's, you know, maybe it's, that's that guy's chance to render. But Pete friggin' Carroll? Him? Going into his 13th year. And you don't think guys won't flock to go work for Pete Carroll? Who's put two defensive coordinators in the NFL as head coaches, right? Gus Bradley and Dan Quinn, got head coaching gigs off of what they did with Pete Carroll. So Pete Carroll is a guy that's respected enough with a big enough pipeline and enough success in the NFL that if you come work for Pete Carroll, there's a definite chance you could go and get yourself a head coaching job or whatever, or, you know, whatever, maybe a college head coaching job. I don't know. But for Pete Carroll to stand up there, harumph, 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 we need a harumph, harumph, harumph and not have done anything himself, that's as disingenuous. That's no more disingenuous than what the owners, you know, if if there is this coup that the owners have, there's nothing less disingenuous about that than Pete Carroll ranting and raving about, we got to get the owners and change it all that. You change it. You You have to be the mechanism of change in the league. Not the owners. You think Bob Kraft and Bob Ursay and all these guys are going to just sit back and, Jerry Jones like, okay, all right, we're waiting. We're ready. Let's go ahead and hire all the minorities now. That's on Pete Carroll. That's on. And the fact that he hasn't hired one single minority offensive assistant in 13 years. 
and he's telling everybody what the problem is. You scafozo. I love Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll's a great coach. I think he's great for the NFL. I thought he was great for college. But my God, man, this is where you have to use your power. This is where you use your power and your influence to create change. This is where boots on the ground, guys that are in it to win it. You think Paul Allen gave a damn about who their assistants were as long as they were winning and they had the 12th man and they've got the environment and blah, 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 blah. No, you need to be the mechanism of change. You need to be the one that starts fixing it. Stop pissing and moaning about the owners and start taking care of business yourself like a real leader would. Oh, I feel better now. Feel better. Probably nearly. Anyway. All right. That's it uh, for hitting hard uh, today. We want you to subscribe on YouTube. Uh, go to our YouTube page, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Subscribe there. Give us a like uh, as well. Review the podcast. Tell me what you think. And uh, we want you to continue to be a part of our growing network. So don't forget, Monday through Friday, check us out. Check out all of the shows, by the way, on Locked On Sports Atlanta. A great network of uh, podcast shows that are coming along your way. A to Z with Mark Zeno. My boy Jarvis is doing stuff. I mean, we got all kinds of shows on the network. So subscribe on our YouTube channel. Give us a review. Like us there. We will be back tomorrow with you. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.